Hey, thank you so much for joining me today on the Luke Bruger podcast. Today, we're going to talk about keeping your priorities straight in your walk with the Lord. Before we jump in, just want to remind you, if you would please like, subscribe, share, any of those things, all of those things would be super helpful. So thank you in advance for doing that. You know, when, when someone discovers God's purpose for their life, they find, um, get clear on why they're here, why God made them, what their gifts are, what their assignment is, God, what is my role in life, how do you want me to spend my life, uh, what direction should I be running, it is so important for people to get clear on those kinds of of, of things. And uh, maybe at some point we can talk about some ways for you to discover your purpose or get clear on your purpose. But that's super important for people to know uh, what God would have them do, how he wants them to be serving in the kingdom, how he wants them to be building, building the body of Christ. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. Arise and shine because on as a result of your light coming, that's why you're to rise and shine. And it applies in this area that what allows people to rise and shine in life in, in part is due to getting clear, receiving light revelation um, on, on what God's plan is for their life. The Apostle Paul is a really good example of that. Paul was obviously an apostle, and he knew full well, even writing letters to the church, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, called by the Lord. He knew that that was his role, and knowing that allowed him to make significant impact. He was able to rise and shine as a result of his light coming. If he'd never gotten clear on his purpose, he could have been a great guy, wonderful person to have around, um, serve in the church. He's an usher. He does puppet shows in the kids' ministry. He's just an all-around nice guy. But we, we probably would have never heard of him. It was him discovering his purpose uh, that allowed him to rise and shine. And it's, it's true in your life and in my life as well. So that's super important. But as, as important as that is, we can never let serving the Lord in terms of bearing fruit, um, the things that we do, that can never supersede our love for the Lord and intimacy with the Lord in developing close relationship with Jesus. That that always has to come first. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it, it starts off saying, if I have, uh, if I can speak with the tongue of men and of angels, uh, if I can, if I have the gift of faith, I can move mountains, or if I, I give to the poor, even give my body to be burned, but I don't have love, then, then what's the point? And so we know that's talking about if I don't have love for people, I need to love the people around me. And that's true. But it also applies to our love for the Lord. It's talking about if I serve, 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 I'm really good at serving, I'm all in on serving. But uh, somewhere along the lines, I've lost my love for the Lord and that close relationship, then, then what's the point? That's what Jesus rebuked the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, that they had, they'd, they'd lost their first love. And so we never want to fall in, into that category, that it's attachment to Jesus. In, in John chapter 15, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branch. And so we, we've got a responsibility as a branch if you know the Lord, you're a branch, I'm a branch, we're supposed to bear fruit, 
But if we get obsessed with the fruit and what I have to offer people, the impact that I'm making, as important as that is, if that becomes the, the branch's focus and it, it loses its attachment to the vine, it's going to dry up. It's going to be cut off and, and be burnt is what Jesus says. The, the re- reason they're able to bear fruit is because of the attachment, the intimacy, the closeness to, to the vine and the life of the vine flowing through the branch. That branch on its own has nothing to offer. It has nothing has nothing to give. All it has to offer is what it's receiving from the vine in the first place. And that's that's true in our lives. The only thing we we have to offer is what we first what we first re- receive. And the point of serving, what should be the point of serving, is to be a blessing. If your motives are pure, your role, the impact you make is to be a blessing to others, but you can only be a blessing to the level that you yourself have been blessed. That, that'll limit the level of blessing. How blessed are you? So when God told Abraham, I will bless you and I'll make you a blessing, that's not just something people share to justify prosperity and wanting to be blessed. It's a reality that you can't be a blessing. If I want to be a blessing, I'm limited in my capacity to be a blessing by the level that I have first been blessed. So if I wanted to bless you with $1,000, but I've only been blessed with $15. Well, it doesn't matter how much I want to bless you with a thousand. I'm, I'm limited to the capacity, to the level that I have received blessing. And so I can only minister, give out of what I've first received. If I'm a pizza delivery man, and I want to go jump in my car right now and go deliver a pizza. I can drive to someone's house, even if they really want a pizza. But as of right now, I, I have no pizza to offer them. They're going to be very disappointed when I show up in my pizza car. And, and I've got to first go to where pizzas come from. Go to the pizza shop or make one myself. Otherwise, I have nothing to deliver. If a woman wants to deliver a baby, then she first needs to be pregnant. And the only way to deliver successfully is to first be pregnant. And the only way to get pregnant is a result of intimacy. If you want something to deliver, if I want to be able to deliver, and it's not just a a deliver a message from a pulpit, being able to carry the presence of God, being able to have life to, to pour into someone else in whatever capacity God uses you, that you really carry an anointing. I have something to offer in life. The only way you have that is to first get impregnated. And the only way you get impregnated is as a result of intimacy. It's true in the natural, but it's true spiritually as well. If I want to have something to deliver, I got to get myself pregnant. And the only way I can get myself pregnant is through intimacy. There's an example of this in the Old Testament. I want to read a couple of verses from 2 Samuel chapter 18. The the verses I'm going to read are from the time when King David's son Absalom rebelled against him and tried to take over the throne and really did temporarily take over the throne. He drove King David out of Jerusalem. And then there's a battle between Absalom's men and King David's men, and Joab is leading the army of King David, and so they're, they're having this battle, and there's this guy named Ahimeaz who wants to be a messenger to take news back to King David, and he keeps asking Joab, can I be the runner? Can I be the messenger? And, and Joab keeps saying, no, not today, maybe another time. This isn't a good day for you to be a messenger, but he keeps like pestering Joab, and finally Joab says, okay, so this guy Ahimeaz runs to King David, and so I'm going to read 2 Samuel chapter 18, starting in verse 28. It says, Then Ahimeaz cried out to the king, Everything is all right. 
he bowed before the king with his face to the ground and said, Praise to the Lord your God, who has handed over the rebels who dared to stand against my lord the king. What about young Absalom, the king demanded, is he all right? Ahimeaz replied, When Joab told me to come, there was a lot of commotion, but I didn't know what was happening. So this guy wants to be a messenger. He's, he's passionate about being a messenger. He gets to the king. The king asks him, okay, give me the news. And the only thing he has to say is, well, there was a lot of commotion when I left, and I, I didn't really know what was, what was happening. So he, want, he was passionate about being a messenger, but what he probably should have done is taken time to get clear on his message so he had something to deliver. And so just, just running, having a passion to run without actually taking time to get something to deliver, he got there and really a, a messenger without a message is pointless. And sometimes that's what our lives can look like, that we want to be able to, to be a blessing to people, to the people around us. We want God to use us. We want our lives to be fruitful. We need our lives to be fruitful. That only comes about as a result of having our, our priorities straight. And so I, I want to look at a story in Luke chapter 10, Starting in verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while, I'll, while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. So Jesus comes to Mary and Martha's house, and it says that Martha is distracted by the big dinner. This isn't just an ordinary dinner. This is a big dinner. It's going to be impressive. It's going to be amazing. This is a special dinner. People are going to be talking about this meal for a long time from now. People will be saying, hey, you remember that thing, what we ate at Martha's house? Now that, that was a dinner. So she's making it, she wants it to be big. She wants it to be impressive. You know, one thing in our efforts to serve the Lord that we can never allow our efforts to serve to turn into efforts to be impressive. Our efforts to be useful become efforts really to be admired, that we've got to keep our hearts pure in serving. And she comes to Jesus to complain, and she, she says to Jesus, I'm, I'm trying hard here to be great. I'm striving. I'm working hard. I'm trying to impress you. So Jesus, I, I've got to ask you, what's up with people just enjoying you without putting themselves through the things that I have put myself through and while I'm working so hard here. Would you please tell Mary that she needs to jump through all the hoops that I'm jumping through, that she needs to work hard, explain to her that she hasn't really earned the right to sit at your feet. She hasn't earned your fellowship. She hasn't earned your presence. And that that's a, a mentality that's easy for us to slip into in our our focus moves from fellowship to Jesus to serving him and we can get backwards on that and that's what Martha Martha did she was backwards in thinking that you've got to work hard struggle strive strain impress do a bunch of, of really big things and she was frustrated with people just enjoying the presence of Jesus without putting in the work and jumping through all of the hoops maybe you found yourself in that kind of position feel like you've got to earn your way to intimacy with Jesus. You've got to earn your way closer to him. And when you're doing that, when you see people that seem to be effortlessly enjoying intimacy with the Lord, it can become a frustration to you. 
that they, they just seem to be close to him without, there's no struggle and striving and strain like, you, like you're feeling, and it can be a, a frustration. And so that's where Martha was at. Listen to what Jesus says to her in response. But the Lord said to her, verse 41, the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus responds to her and says, Martha, you're, you're not just upset over this dinner. You're not just upset over Mary. It's like you're upset over everything. Almost everything is getting to you. And the problem is, with all of the stuff you're concerned with, you, you haven't concerned yourself with sitting at my feet. You haven't concerned yourself with just resting in me and enjoying fellowship with me. You've been so distracted by trying to win my approval and win my fellowship that you've actually missed out on the very thing that you're striving and straining to try to earn your earn your way into. And Jesus says that that Mary has discovered there's there's one thing. Now, a lot of times when we read this, we think of the one thing as it's the it's the only thing. I want to encourage you to think of it more sequentially. And so when Jesus says the one thing, think of it as thing one. And instead of thinking that the only thing, Jesus is speaking to the order of things. So when Jesus says the one thing, it's thing number one. It's the first thing. Because is it wrong to serve? No, it's not wrong to serve. Is it wrong for Martha to want to do something to be a blessing to Jesus? Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with her her wanting to do something great, wanting to do something that would be an act of kindness, that would nourish Jesus and the disciples. There's there's nothing wrong with that at, at all. It's just that Martha was under the impression that that thing two, because there's two things primarily happening in this story, thing two is, is the serving, is being a blessing, that she thought thing two led to thing one, that thing two would result in it. But if you go from two to one, like we said earlier, she had things backwards. If I started counting three, two, one, I'm counting backwards. And that's the way Martha was approach it, approaching it. She saw things moving backwards, that thing too, serving, striving, straining, and that it becomes striving and straining. Instead of a, a joy to serve, it becomes striving and straining when we get it backwards instead of something that it's enjoyable to us. She thought that thing two led to thing one, and Jesus is correcting that and saying, no, 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 the way that it goes, one flows into two, two doesn't flow into one. That there's nothing wrong with serving, but thing number one is sitting at Jesus' feet, enjoying intimacy with him, enjoying his, his, his presence. You know, going back to what Jesus said to the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter two, when he said, you've, you've forgotten thing one, you forgot your first love, If you read through the letter to the the church of Ephesus, he comments on their work. I've seen how hard you work. I I know that you're labor. They were working and laboring. They they were focusing on thing two, and they'd forgotten the first thing, just just to love the Lord. And if you remember what Jesus told the Ephesian church, what his advice to them to correct the problem was, he says, go back and do what you did at first. Go back and do the first thing. Now, I don't know what it was like for you when you first started serving the Lord, but if you can remember back, what were the first things you did when you first knew Jesus? For me, it wasn't worrying about uh, a sermon or worrying about church stuff. 
I was just enjoying the fact that I knew Jesus. I was just enjoying relationship with him. I can remember uh, my bedroom was in the, the basement of my parents' house and just like getting on my knees and laying on my face and just being still. And just, I just wanted to sense the presence of God. I just loved knowing that God was, was near to me. Before all of the serving and all of that, the first thing was just my, my relationship with Jesus. And that grew into the second thing, a desire to serve, but we can't leave the first thing behind. Uh, when I wasn't serving the Lord, I was involved in drugs and alcohol and all, all that kind of stuff. And I, I love to either get drunk or get high, whether it's you know marijuana, LSD, whatever we could get our hands on, and go sit up in the mountains, sit on the cliffs and just enjoy, enjoy being outside, enjoy the scenery, just sit and look at it. And I remember when I got saved, one of my big concerns was I was worried about if I'm going to be able to enjoy camping and you know going to the mountains and just being outside. I thought, well, am I going to be able to enjoy that anymore? Because the way that I enjoyed it was to get with my friends, get in an altered state of mind and you know just sit there. I remember my first camping trip after I began serving the Lord. I was in, in Arkansas sitting in the mountains, uh, Ozark Mountains on a cliff. And instead of it being a disappointment, I was so excited. I kept saying to my friends, like, I was amazed because I, I knew the one who made this beautiful scenery that I was looking at. It was even better. I was so excited. I, I know him. I know the one who made this. I'm, I have relationship with the one who created all of this. It was so exciting to me just knowing the Lord. And that, that, that's the first thing. Before life got busy and you've got all kinds of stuff going on and you're, you're serving the church or you're trying to, to grow and become more impactful, that's all great. But Jesus says, go back and do the first thing. Before you were worried about any of those things, the first things you were doing in your relationship with the Lord is probably just enjoying Him, enjoying the fact that you knew Him, loving His presence, loving that you're forgiven and you're free. And so that's Jesus' advice to the church of Ephesus and the, the you and I as the church, go back, don't put number two before number one. One leads to two. Sitting at his feet, intimacy, out of that comes serving and, and being fruitful. You know, even our prayer lives, and this is where we'll kind of wrap things up, our, our prayer life is like a microcosm sometimes of our relationship with the Lord. And there's, there's different functions in prayer. Not all prayer is the same. The, in prayer, there's a, a time for making requests and obtaining, obtaining promises of God. There's a, an element of prayer where it's warfare. There's an element of prayer where it's intercession. There's a, a, an element of prayer that it, we're not even talking to God. We're talking to things and situations on behalf of God. But there's also an aspect of prayer where it's about fellowship and transformation. And so sometimes as we mature in the Lord, we can think that we, we've moved beyond those foundational things and you can jump right into your prayer time. And it's, I mean, it's warfare prayer right off the bat and you're, you know, doing, interceding for other people, which is great, but we've left intimacy and fellowship behind. So one key part of prayer, enjoying relationship with the Lord, fellowship and transformation. And Jesus' experience on the Mount of Transfiguration is a great example of this. If you remember the story, Jesus takes three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, leaves everyone else behind. They go up on top of a mountain. Moses and Elijah show up there miraculously. And the presence of God descends. And God the Father speaks and says, This is my son 
in whom I'm well pleased. Now, serving and ministering was obviously enormously important to Jesus. But in this moment, he's not opening any blind eyes. He's not raising any dead people. He's not preaching. He's not teaching. He's not calling anyone into the ministry. He's not uh, uh, battling the Pharisees. He's not telling people to stretch out a withered limb. He's up there with the Father in the presence of the Father and listening to the Father speak over him. Man, I, I love you. I'm so pleased with you. And it's in that environment that Jesus, it's the Mount of Transfiguration because Jesus is transfigured. He's transformed in that moment of just fellowship, that moment of just intimacy with, with the Lord, just listening to his voice, spending time communing with him. He begins to glow. He, he's, he looks different. He is, he is illuminated, enlightened in this time of uh, enjoying presence, the presence of, of the Father. So there's an element of prayer. If you want to be changed and transfigured, one of my favorite uh, pictures of this is just clay on a potter's wheel, just to put yourself in the hands of God and God change me, mold me, shape me, take out what needs to be taken out, Lord, make me what you want me to be. Just those times of, of intimacy. So I want to encourage you in your relationship with the Lord, God wants you to be fruitful. It's important that you're fruitful, that you're doing something impactful for the kingdom. But we don't want to be like Martha and think that that flows into intimacy with the Lord. It doesn't go from two to one. It goes from one to two. Thing one, the one thing, first thing is to sit at his feet. Just let him speak over you. Enjoy, enjoy his presence. Just to love the fact that you're his son, you're his daughter. You've been brought into the kingdom. Even with the disciples. When the disciples came back and, and told Jesus, hey man, even the demons are subject to, to us. They were so pumped up about ministry and their effectiveness. Jesus said, don't rejoice over that. Rejoice over the fact your names are, your names are written in heaven. That you've got relationship. That's, that's the thing to be really excited about. And the other flows out. If you get it backwards, uh, it, stuff starts to dry up very, very quickly. So even in your prayer life, to take time not just to pray for other people and intercede, it's all important, but take time just to enjoy the fact that you have been brought into relationship, you're, you're in the family, that you have intimacy with the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each person listening, watching. God, I pray you'd speak to them from what we, we've shared today from your word, God, that we wouldn't be people that try to minister without first being impregnated as a result of intimacy with you. Father, that we wouldn't be messengers without a message. Lord, that we would be like Mary, taking time to sit, to listen to you, to allow you to transform us, to illuminate us, that we would be molded and shaped into your image as a result of that time in your presence. Father, that people would be able to sense, feel on us the freshness of your presence. God, that we'd walk in close fellowship and intimacy with you. And anywhere where we've gotten that out of order, Lord, we just call things back into order right now in Jesus' name. Your word says that the steps of a righteous man, a righteous woman are ordered of the Lord. So bring order. What comes first? What comes second? Help us to see where things are out of order. That you want, you want the fruitfulness to flow out of abiding in the vine. That your life would flow through us. That intimacy, that, that connection. Lord, we praise you and thank you. I just speak blessing on every person that's joined us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining. We'll see you next time on the Luke Burger Podcast.